some very, of very some of the more notable people that were in some of his bands that he toured were Bruce Spinks, brings Ooh, you want to start that over? <laughs> some of the, what, <laughs> start start that start that whole that whole thought over. Start it all over. <laughs> that was a mess right from the beginning. <laughs> 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 now, now I'm just trying to think of how the fuck I fucked it up. Like Bruce Springsteen was that what? Dude, it, you were, it was that like where we were word. going here? Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music, and well, that's pretty much it. So uh, let's go. <laughs> This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different album. We break it down. We uh, we talk about things that most people never heard about the record, and we try to have a good time doing it. Uh, my name is Tyler, and way out there, way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there in the ether. Is Jeff. Jeff. You just keep mumbling, but that's fine. Um, Go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Please give us a five star rating and review on on iTunes. That would really mean a lot. Don't be a Bocevis. Don't be an asshole and give us a one star like that asshole. Uh, If you do want to skip around because we are going to get into the album rankings or some of the album rankings for the the album of the week or regarding the album of the week, if you want to do that, there's time stamps in the description below uh, on whatever app you're listening on. So if you want to do that, go do that. But just listen to us because listen to us rant and rave because that's what we do. <laughs> so we're getting into a Chuck Berry album. So we're only going to rank three of his records because he has so many of so many goddamn records. And we're only doing the 50s stuff. And that is only three records. So you should be able to get through this pretty quick, I imagine. Well, Correct? Well, Maybe. Well, well. Maybe. So let's just jump right into it. Um, let's get into Chuck Berry. Some might say the king of rock and roll, and uh, his best three records out of his first first three records from 1957 to 1959. So, what do you got, Jeff? Starting from his worst, the absolute garbage <laughs> of his first three, the fucking mm-hmm. sewage of his first three, and that is after yes. school sessions. After school special. What did I say? Sessions. I'm pretty sure it's Sessions. No. Well, you did say Sessions, but it's special, right? Is it? I'm Fuck, man. Isn't it special? I'm pretty sure it's Sessions. Yeah, uh, no, it's, after, it's, it's definitely. I'm sticking with After School Sessions. Oh, you're right. You're right. It's After School Session. You're totally right. Dude, you made Egg me on my face. Like, you <laughs> made me. You came into my brain, and you made me doubt my brain <laughs> itself. Uh, but after no school sense, special is so much cooler. Why would it be after school session? I don't. I don't get no, it. No, because after school special is almost like, like oh, school's over. Here's a special. Like nobody wants to fucking watch a special. Everyone like, loves the after school. But special. after school session, that's mm. like a that's like a that's like a garage band. Like hey, dude, like we're we're putting on a session after school. That's what that <laughs> sounds like. <laughs> 
That's Which doesn't even sound fun. You didn't you didn't you didn't <laughs> church that one up at all. But thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's church, homie. That's church. <laughs> this is a uh, uh, okay, dude. What do you what do you stop distracting after school? I'm not session, distracting you. This is their first album by Chuck Berry in late fifties, like fifty seven. This was put on by Chess. And, and Chess Records has a huge role to play in like the early history of rock and roll. Um, mm. Dude, like I don't have anything bad to say about any of the first three. And I know I, I preface all this by saying this was a sewage, but <laughs> like legit, dude, Chuck Berry is the king of rock and roll. And this album, this album has a lot of the things that he will perfect in like six months from now. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of songs on here. Like my favorite would be, would be Havana moon. Mm. Mm. I think he is taking a lot of, of like the doo-wop sound, mixing it with the blues sound and then kind of focusing on the guitar driven riffs to propel the songs forward. And so I, I Mm, this song, this album is absolutely uh, fucking fantastic. Havana moved my favorite. That's all. I but, That's all. I no. <laughs> <laughs> there was no but there. Okay. <laughs> all right, I, that's your number I, three. I actually got You're, a, I actually got a water because that eleven and a half percent was a lot. <laughs> oh, I've been drinking a bunch of water since we started because I, I realized last week I got a little too buzzed, and uh, so yeah, I've been drinking like a ton of water. That's, I just started my second beer. That's that's what I feel like. <laughs> like this, that that little crack was like the cracking, the little seal of the water. Yeah, you you did have that eleven percent. So, the water will help. Definitely will help. So, yeah. so yeah, your number three is uh, after, after school, school session. special session special because it's better. No, it's a better special. No, it's not because special makes it sound like it like it's like this one off. <laughs> TV show bootleg thing like Johnny well, Carson's after school special. Like, so does on, session. Man. A session is a one time thing. No, session oh, kind of in music set like session is respect. Dude, your boy Josh Freeze makes a living being a session musician, being a one off drummer for a record. Yes, a yes, session player. Many, many records. A session is one. But it's session, singular. but session has such a bad connotation. Ah. It's such a forgotten thing. With session or special? S- session. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this is this is already off the rails, but it's okay. Okay, so your your third favorite is uh, after school special. And no my, um, session special. And uh, so my my third my third least best best. Is uh, sorry, I got distracted. Is Barry is on top? That's my that's my my third least best. What the and fuck? Yeah, honestly, man, this was like maybe five or six of the songs all start with the same exact Johnny B Johnny B Good riff, and I I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. Absolutely shocked. Like, why? What was he thinking? The same fucking riff, riff, not riff, rift, riff, rift and time. Yeah, the same thing, and it was just. Overall, not besides that too, it was just kind of a lot of the same. He didn't really do anything kind of weird or or like it was just kind of like the same song, same rock and roll style through the whole thing, which isn't bad. But comparing it to the first two records, it was um, 
it was a little lackluster. I mean, just the way it is, honestly. It, less vibe, but way more super focused on the, the songs, which didn't really work out that well for me. But the two best songs, Johnny Be Good, come on. That song is absolutely amazing. It's a perfect song. But also the, the last song, Blues for Hawaiians, it was the only song on this record that was had any sort of different characteristics than the rest of the album. It was more of a raw sound. It was more jam-based. And that's kind of why I, it, that one caught my attention. Everything else was pretty much the same except for Blues, blues for Hawaiians. So that's my number three. It was Barry's the longest song on the album, Barry's too. Yeah, it was. I think it was like five minutes long or something. And Four and a half. It was long. 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 It was great though. Good stuff. So yeah, Barry is on top. My number three. So I what is your number two? No. No. So, I mean, obviously that you're wrong. Um, the number two Chuck Berry album from the '50s was Chuck Berry's on top. <laughs> okay, so not that different from mine. Like I'm, but it's wrong. Dude, I am fucking surprised. Why? Because I I agree. I agree that Chuck Berry found, it was almost like he found like the fountain of youth. Like he found El Dorado with the Johnny B. Good intro. Like he found okay. something that will be like forever. That is a forever song. That is a forever intro. That is yeah. arguably the greatest guitar driven song of all time he found True. that and he exploited it again oh yeah he exploited it to its fault <laughs> i mean it like if there was like two maybe three songs <laughs> way, but it's like <laughs> it six songs like, it was like six like fucking songs half the songs and he would try to like hide it but he, he would, would put he would add like he would like change <laughs> one note at the end of it <laughs> At the end of the riff, he would change like one note, and that was it. It was always the end of it. He would play the entire riff. And then at the end of it, he would slow it down. He would stop. He would do something else. But, like, come on, dude. Like, we're not stupid. But I I get it. I get it, dude. Like, I don't know. Like, imagine just finding, like, the the Holy Grail. Imagine being Indiana Jones, you know? Imagine in in, in Raiders of the Lost Ark, you find the Ark. Like, would you exploit the Ark? Of course you would. Who cares? That's fine. You still found the Ark. Dude, Chuck Berry found the Ark. Johnny B. Good is the Ark of rock and roll. Yes. I, I mean, I would not Straight disagree up. with you on that. And, and that's, that's fine. I give him a pass for that, I guess. <laughs> you shouldn't, though. You should not give him a pass for that. It's like it's half so, the song. It's, it's so, so blatant. It's it is. Just, it is. It's. It un, is. I, I could. I like. I even. I even clicked on every song and I played the first like four seconds of each song. Literally all identical, except for like the last note or two. Sometimes the only difference was if he's just like kind of palm meeting some of the notes. Yeah, pretty much. Like even he got lazy with like the the rip off <laughs> of, him, of his own riff. <laughs> But that's cool. <laughs> Again, like uh, this was cool. dude, this was back in like the fifties where there was not a lot of source material, right? True. So when, if a band were to do this now, they would be vilified. Like they would be done. Like they would be nothing because they would be ripping off so much of not only their own music, but music that came before them. There was nothing like this before Chuck Berry. 
True. There was stuff similar to this, but there was nothing, nothing like, like Chuck Berry. True. Very true. So, so um, I mean, just so what's your BB on that? Um, uh, I want to I mean, say Maybelline. On. I want to say Maybelline because that's a good one too. I think Maybelline is is just absolutely fantastic. I love how bluesy it is. I love the tune, but I mean, obviously, like Johnny B. Good. Get well, out of Get the fuck out of here. That can't not be your number one. I, I got my fingers touching like I'm a I'm Italian Mario. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Like this is you. arguably not only the greatest rock and roll song of all time, but also the greatest guitar driven track of all time. This is uh. this is something that anybody that picks up a guitar, anybody that wants to play in a band, anybody that even wants to like get deeper into music they know this song yeah but they should, or at any, least they should know it anybody that even it's like a like a, a cinephile is that like the the movie equivalent of an that, audio that movie yeah cinephile yeah, cinephile yeah. yeah because of back to the future because of what that happened there anybody Wait, dude, like anybody on the face of this fucking earth knows this song and knows how great it is it is such a good song it is. No, I, I agree with you. It's it's an amazing song. It's sickening. It truly is sickening. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Come on. Okay, so that is your that's your BB on on Barry's on top. So my number two is uh, after school special. Sessions. Right? That's fine. Special, but that's fine too. You're not even saying it right, but because uh, you're saying sessions, but it's not even that. It's session. Uh, after school special yes after school special is my 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 second favorite from him uh it was it was more of an unpolished version of one dozen berries and it was a little it was a little bit unfocused and like some parts were just kind of like eh. like he does it better on one dozen berries especially the song the the havana song oh. like i don't really like that song that much oh i just don't i don't i didn't really like it that much He's so There's cocky. He's so cocky and like almost condescending in Havana Moon. Yeah. Like even even in his first album, he knows that he's the shit. <laughs> and when he says the words Hava, like Havana Moon and he's Havana Moon, like it's so ooh, I don't. it's so ugly, it's so distorted. But he does <laughs> the whole Spanish thing better on One Dozen Berries. That's he, does. he does. He does. There's much better on it. We'll get into that later, but it's a bad Spanish. But yes, he does. A lot <laughs> but it's better. still much better, yeah. And that says something about the Havana Moon song or whatever. But uh, but my my BB my biggest banger on after school special is uh, oh, is a uh, down uh, downbound. What is it? Downbound train. Oh, the second to last song. I think it's the second to last song. Yeah, I like this one a lot. It's just the way it kind of just drives along, and it makes you feel like you're you're on a train. Like the, there's that. There's that like weird cadence like that drummers use to kind of like mimic a train going by. It's just it's a very like fun sound and I and he does it his band does it really well on the song and it's just a very very upbeat song in general. So that's my that's my biggest banger on after school session special. Yeah. So, special yeah. session. Special session session special. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's that's all I got for the for my rankings right there. I mean that was short, sweet, to the point. I guess we could both agree that his best album is... What's his best album? His, his best album, obviously, One Dozen Berries. Just let me hear some of that rock and roll music. 
Chuck Berry began his musical career in 1944 while he was still in high school and ended upon his death in 2017. During his long career, he put out 20 full-length albums, 11 live albums, two soundtracks, and is considered by some to be the true king of rock and roll. But the album we're doing today is One Dozen Berries, and it's his second album that was released in March of 1958. Along with Chuck Berry on vocals and guitar, it also features Hubert Sumlin on guitar, Johnny Johnson and Lafayette Leak on piano, Willie Dixon on bass, as well as Fred Below and Ebby Hardy on drums. Now, Jeff, what are your initial thoughts on the Chuck Berries <laughs> and this album, One Dozen Berries? What do you got? Boom. Boom, got him. So, like, for sure, my introduction to Chuck Berry was Johnny Be Good and was Back to the Future. Okay. That was the first time that I realized that Chuck Berry sang a lot of the songs that the Beach Boys would do. Mm -hmm. That a lot of these other artists would would kind of cover. Like, oh my God. Like in the early. You hear me burping? (laughs) Yeah. Dude, I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm dying out here. That 11%, man. I I got water here. I I also bought over a B2L, which is an aluminum bottle. Can whatever aluminum bottle, aluminum yeah, can. Okay. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I think they're all aluminum, but um, yeah, I know we're struggling. <laughs> we are struggling. We're trudging along here. We're trudging along. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that like Johnny Be Good from Back to the Future was the first time that I have heard Chuck Berry, and then I had never really given any interest in that type of like rock and roll music because I've all dude I've never liked Elvis. I've just I've never liked Elvis. Ever since I started listening to music more keenly mm. and more more with like a keen ear, I've just never liked Elvis. I I, I think he's an entertainer. At best. Actually I know he's an entertainer. He yeah. he did a lot of he did a lot of good work for music, but he's an entertainer. He's not a musician. But what really kind of like turned me on to rock and roll era, especially Chuck Berry's, I took a rock and roll, I took a rock and roll history class at junior college, 
like the first semester I was out of high school. And I took mm-hmm. it with friend of the pod, Brian So, and we and we both took it and our, our teacher was a big saxophone player. <laughs> so he okay. would all he would always like play these riffs in, in class on the sax. And That's the, so weird. And he would play this riff and like, oh, who knows this riff? And I'd be like, oh, I know that. And then I'd be like, oh, that's like fucking the Beach Boys, this song. Or that's, I don't know, the Beatles, this song. And like, nope, that's, that's Chuck Berry. And then, okay. th- and then I realized, wow, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a narb, dude. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I know nothing. But it was a good guess, right? No, it is because, because he, Chuck Berry laid the groundwork. And, and, and don't get me wrong, like Chuck Berry, he did not invent rock and roll. Rock and roll had been, had been, was, was already rocking and rolling many years prior to him. Mm-hmm. And he had not had the first rock and roll album. He did not have the first rock and roll single. But if you take rock and roll as a whole, everything about it, the mindset, the attitude, the moves, the lyrics, the guitar playing, the, the image, everything, Chuck Berry is the king, the father of rock and roll. Yes. I agree. I agree with you on that one. Unmatched. Yes, I'm. I'm totally with you on that one. Um, and this was this was what the first album you heard of his, One Dozen Berries. I haven't heard this album until I bought it this past oh. week, or no, not this past week, but like, like three weeks last ago. Month or something? Yeah, because I thought this was Chuck Berry's on top. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> so you because the they both album. have the stoop. They both have, okay. So this is called One Dozen Berries, and there's at least three dozen strawberries on the album. Okay. okay. To be fair. And on the Chuck Berry's on top album, it has like a Sunday and that's one that has Johnny B. Good, Maybelline. That's the one that I thought that I wanted. And then when I called radiation, they said, Oh yeah, we got one dozen berries. Like, oh fuck yeah, dude, pick it up. And then when I researched like, wait, that's not the one I wanted. And then when you gave it to me, I was Dude, I was like blown. My mind melted. I <laughs> I cannot remember a time when I heard an album for the first time and I just thought like, wow, this surpassed every expectation that I could have possibly have thought of. I mean, I, I mean, it definitely is better than uh, Barry on Top. I mean, it's it's really good, but it didn't like blow my mind. This This should have blown your mind. It didn't, but it was, I mean, it is a fantastic record. Absolutely fantastic. So my my initial thing, I mean, I, it pretty much mirrors everything that you said, except I didn't take that that rock and roll class or that history of music class. But yeah, the first time I ever heard it was as a kid on in Back to the Future, and when Marty plays it on stage at the dance. And then I had never, I've only ever heard random songs throughout the years, and up until this week, the first, I mean, the only album I ever, li- I mean, I never listened to an entire album prior to this week. So the first time I ever heard was this one was one dozen berries and mind you, I mean, I've only listened to three of his records, but this one was the best of the three. I should have listened to more, but reading more about him and, and reading about like his ups and downs as in a career, he's kind of a shitty person and like seeing like how, I guess <laughs> his music kind of terrible like, person. Yeah. He was a pretty awful person. And just seeing like reading about like how it's like music was really lackluster later on because the bands that he was playing with and he's kind of shitty, kind of shitty, but damn, man, he was influential musically, but let's, um, let's just jump into this too. Do we have any stinkers on this record? (laughs) No. 
No, okay, I agree. I got I got no stinkers. At I all. mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna just I'm gonna preface this by saying this is a perfect album. This is this is arguably for me. This is this Man. is this is the greatest. Okay, so like rock and roll is kind of separated into two parts. You have rock and roll as a genre, and then you have rock and roll as a concept, mm-hmm. right? Rock and roll as a genre is Chuck Berry, is like Carl Perkins. Bill Haley, Buddy Holly, like that's the genre. Rock and roll is a concept kind of expands into into ACDC, into that that rock star lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Chuck yeah. Chuck Berry's the only one that transcends into both. <laughs> well, I mean, because he kind of like that was his thing, you know. You you talk about like Little Richard as as being like an integral part of rock and roll and he was. Because he was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But as a concept, like Little Richard was not rock and roll. Nah, he in the was, same though. in the same vein as like Angus Young and Brian Johnson or or Gene Simmons and 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 Kiss were rock and roll. Like no. Chuck Berry was fucking rock and roll. The duck walk the 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 image Chuck Berry had the kind of flamboyant delivery see, of his vocals everything about Chuck Berry was was rock and roll. I I will say I think you you're only seeing that because he's playing a guitar. Little Richard did all the same things, but he was on a piano. And kind of what makes him a little bit more I would say might be a little bit more rock and roll at times was that he was kind of openly gay during a time when that was very that was very taboo and him being a black guy on top of it was even more taboo. So he was really fighting against the odds at the time. And he was also a fucking weird dude too. And he did some weird shady fucked up shit too. But little Richard, I I agree was kind of put on the back burner because he was confined to the piano, the piano. You, you can't, you can't walk around with a piano until the eighties, right? There was no guitar (laughs) back in the fifties and sixties. So he was confined to the piano, so that is a a knock against Little Richard, but it's not his fault. It's just the inventions of the time, right? Yeah, yeah. Dude, Chuck Berry is is dude. Chuck Berry is an idol. Chuck Chuck Berry is a legend. Chuck Berry is is something that will live on forever, and it's it's even more rock and roll because he was such a kind of douchebag. He was such a weirdo. He was such, and nobody wants to talk about him. He was a fucking pedophile. He no, was he a was. fucking was awful. freak. Yeah. And even some of the music that we'll talk about today, tonight, right now, you heard <laughs> it here first. Yeah, he talks about some of it. He is a he fucking pedophile, and he didn't even care. Yeah. There's so no. much controversy surrounding Chuck Berry, which I don't want to get into because... That's not what we're about, usually. No. But I mean it, it does need to be touched upon because one, it happened, and two, he does reference he does make references to things in, on this record. But the only thing I will say, like I've said in uh, in other podcast episodes, that it was a very different time. It was a very different time in the South. And being with somebody under the age of eighteen was not uncommon. Like a lot of guys were getting with people under eighteen. So it was not uncommon at all. And it wasn't unusual really at the time. Depending on who it was and how old they were, but you know. I agree. I, I think it's I think it's unfair to to vilify somebody based on decisions that were made 
based on societal almost norms back then. Yeah. Because it's things, a little unfair. Things were different and and you know, going over them with like a fine tooth comb is is not it's not entirely accurate. You think you take the whole thing as 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 a as uh, in its entirety, I guess. Mm-hmm. But the yeah. dude was fucking weird. He was weird. The, the dude only was thing, so the, weird. The one thing I think, I mean, we might as well talk about it now, like really very briefly, is like was it in the late eighties or something, early nineties? He got busted for having taking video of people in, or women in the bathroom. Yes. At, at his restaurant or bar yes. or he owned. that was really weird but then he like countersued and said that it was all a conspiracy and this and that and that's fucking that's so fucking creepy but like so given let's just get into the weirdness of Chuck Berry before we get into the greatness of Chuck Berry I guess okay. so so the weirdness of Chuck Berry also he realized that he he became the king of rock and roll pretty early on he was very self-aware of what he had done for music in general Yes. And then he he cashed in on it so much to the point that like comes late 60s, early 70s, he went on tour and he would require the bands who that that, that he played with to know all of his music. But he yes. would never he would never talk to the band and say, like, hey, here is our set list for the night. It was more like, hey, here is the intro I will be playing. Keep up or get the fuck out. Yeah. Some he, of the, he, some of the he more expected people to to know his songs, which is very arrogant. Some very, of the, very some arrogant. of the more notable people that were in some of his bands that he toured with were Bruce Springs. Brings, Ooh, you want to start that over? Some of the, what, <laughs> start start that start that whole that whole thought over. Just start it all over. <laughs> that was a mess right from the beginning. So, <laughs> 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 now I'm now I'm just trying to think of how the fuck I fucked it up. Like Bruce Bringstein was that what? Dude, it, you were. It was is like that where we were going here? It was. It was every word. You, it was like four <laughs> consecutive words that you just fucking messed up on. That was so, good. Some of the more notable people <laughs> that played with him in his early days were like an early Bruce Springsteen before he got big. And yeah. uh, Steve Miller, before Steve Miller joined his band called the Steve Miller Band, <laughs> okay. which is a pretty dope band. They, they made a lot of cool music. But yeah, like, <laughs> like some of these huge acts that you know now as, as on their own rock and roll played mm. with, uh, with Chuck Berry in a time where Chuck Berry let them know, like, hey, if you don't know what song I'm going into, then you can go fuck yourself. Peace out. That's the craziest thing to me. Is like there was no set list. He would just start the intro and then hope his band, you know, knew it or could could follow along. But again, like leading into your point of the you know one or Chuck on top, he had like four songs, right? He had he. I mean, dude, Johnny B. Good was a staple of his mm-hmm. of his show for forever. Yeah. But half of the songs he played also had the intro of Johnny B. Good. So (laughs) it wasn't, you know, it it was, it was more like, 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 Hey Bruce, like, Hey Steve Miller band. Is he playing Johnny B. Good? Or is he playing any of the other 15 fucking songs? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And then even Bruce Springsteen, he did more than one tour with him. Like it wasn't just like a one-off tour like that he did. It was, he went out there for a while. So that kind of says something about Bruce Springsteen, which I've heard too. Like, 
he the guy the guy is very he knows like a lot of fucking music and he he did an interview with Conan O'Brien not too like maybe a few months ago that I listened to and they were talking about just like how he knows so much music and how when you go see Bruce Springsteen live he'll play for like 4 hours just and then playing like but just like playing like what people want to hear like people will shout out something and he'll just fucking play, him and his band will play it it's insane but that's what people want and they they're there for 4 hours because they want to be there which is cool you know see that that irritates me about Bruce Springsteen because I don't like his music at all. I'm, I'm with you. I don't as a as a concept of like rock music and just as an entertainer. I think Bruce Springsteen is like like in the upper echelon of 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 entertainers. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And it irritates me because I don't. I just don't know much about him, and and that's something that I need to overcome because he's a the, great entertainer. The Nebraska album is pretty good. That I think that came out like seventy six or seventy seven. That one's pretty good. It's it's more like subdued, more acoustic. I think he recorded like some of it in his kitchen at his house. Like, it's very almost like DIY. It's a pretty cool record. But other than outside of that, I think his big hits are kind of boring. Dude, all all I all I think of a Bruce Springsteen is I think of that that Born in the USA album. Oh yeah, and the I, I I just think of his butt. That's it. <laughs> I don't even care. I, I, I just I see his no, I know. butt I know. with the red hat or whatever the thing in the back pocket, and that's all I can yeah. think of. Makes sense. <sighs> that's that's those one size, of the things he's known those for. Those size 31 jeans, probably. My <laughs> 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 Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. All right. So what, what else... I what thought were we what were we talking about? We were we were just we were just we were just kind of ripping, right? No, yeah, we were, we were getting to all the controversy oh, no, of Chuck Berry. Yeah, then we're gonna arrogance. we're gonna get over it. Yeah. But so, okay, so let's like go back to the beginning, right? Like armed robbery, arrest in his early life. Yeah, uh, he in got in trouble for three years. He got in Two trouble years. for transporting a fourteen-year-old across state lines that he presumably and more than likely had sexual relations with. Uh, he got he got in trouble in the seventies for tax evasion. Because, which is kind of, I applaud, but it's kind of cool. But he he kept telling promoters and people to pay him in cash, and <laughs> so rad. the the tax evasion part they they got him for like two hundred thousand. You know, you didn't pay taxes on two hundred thousand, but realistically, who's probably like two million? Yeah. So that's pretty dope. Because fuck the IRS. Not yeah. that I say fuck the IRS because that's like my my livelihood of <laughs> depends on the IRS. But true. It's also it's also cool. Okay, so like two things, like the main two points I have of Chuck Berry is one, I read that he met Muddy Waters early on. Mm-hmm. Muddy Waters was like, you know, you have kind of a cool sound. You should go hit up Chess Records. Chess Records, you know, were were, were just kind of signing new talent. They were they were looking for stuff to do. You should go hit up Chess Records. And so Chuck Berry, a big fan of blues music, went and did that. And like yeah. clearly that paid out for him like a hundredfold. Okay, absolutely. I mean, his, his biggest records and songs came out on chess. So it's, it's, it's just, it, I don't know. It's, it's really cool to think that like Muddy Waters had a hand in, in making Chuck Berry Chuck Berry. Yeah, and it, it, I mean, when you look through, because I'm, I'm like looking through all of the, the records that chess put out, I mean, outside of him, like you said, Muddy Waters, um, 
uh, Howlin' Wolf, Bo Diddley, just uh, Sonny Boy Williamson, like John Lee Hooker, so many fucking names, like huge fucking names within the scene, the blues scene, the rock and roll scene. It's pretty cool. I know, like, I, I honestly had never heard of Chess Records. I don't remember hearing of Chess Records prior to this week, but damn, dude, they put out a lot of shit. A lot of solid stuff. So, and they were only they were only a label for twenty five years. It says they went they went out of business in nineteen seventy five. So from nineteen fifty to nineteen seventy five, they were a company that put out consistently put out records. So, well, I mean, crazy shit. I mean, don't don't forget too, like for those folks out there that the record label industry has been brutal and ruthless yeah. since like the twenties and thirties with jazz records and a lot of jazz artists like Verve is one of the exceptions to the rule where one of the guys that, that the CEO for Verve was, was very nice and, and, and accommodating to his artists. But dude, like record labels have been ruthless since the beginning. They, they've all been, been, you know, white owned, terrible, terrible people since the beginning. True. Very true. And they really exploit the artists. And chess is no different. Like chess eventually is going to get bought out by somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. That's very. True. Who, I wonder who did they get bought out, or who did they get bought out by? I'm sure did they. they I'm, I'm sure it's probably, it probably Universal. Like Universal. Yeah. yeah. After. Or, I mean, Universal, we might as well talk Warner, about. Atlantic, like even Atlantic. Dude, Atlantic started out as like an independent company. Atlantic started out as like a good jazz company that yeah. signed a lot of like decent jazz artists in like the 40s and 50s. I mean, John Coltrane. And eventually on moved on to to exploit Zeppelin, and Zeppelin left and made their own swan song stuff. And yeah, like, like dude, it's, these rec, these record labels are like the bane of fucking music. They are the worst part of fucking music. I mean, I guess we might as well bring it up now. But like Chuck Berry's, a lot of his shit is owned by UMG Universal Music Group, and they were part of that big 2008 fire. Was it 2008? Yeah, 2008. 2008. 2008. Yeah. So I mean, Supposedly. he was one of the yeah. He was one of the many, many, the hundreds of artists that whose master tapes were lost due to a fire, which it still, in my mind, just makes no fucking sense. Like, how right? you were, you were, you were literally one of the, the biggest, if not the biggest record. You are in the, the biggest, world. and you have some of the most valuable master recordings of these artists, like iconic artists. How do you not have proper fire precautions? Like, you it makes no I'm, fucking. I mean, sense. You do, but but somebody dropped the ball hardcore, and nobody gave a fuck. It was one of those two things. One of those two things. Because no, there's it's, it's, no fucking excuse for it. The one of that, two things is, is like you gave too much power to one person, that person fucked up, or come five, ten years from now, you hear here first, Kurt Loader. <laughs> this is this is all bullshit. UMG's gonna come out and say, Oh, we actually thought we lost all the master tapes but upon further inspection <laughs> and they take off their bifocal and they you know they zoom it in and out with their left hand meow 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 and they say upon further inspection we actually found them all so i'm in the fire game i'm a fire inspector i know how these systems work and i know the regulations especially here locally here in southern california and what my honest opinion is now that I've read and, and learned so much within this industry over not just the last six months, but also years and years ago is that I really honestly believe UMG did not want to pay the money 
to have proper protocols in place to stop any sort of fire because that shit is fucking expensive and with something this big and with this much product and and money behind it the cost of them maintaining just like a monthly rate to monitor any sort of system would have been tens of thousands if not hundreds of hundreds of thousands of dollars a month so i i honestly believe it's something that they didn't want to pay for so they chose not to they would rather take the citations from the city or from the county fire rather than play a, pay a monthly fee thinking that nothing's going to catch fire and when it does they lose everything i honestly believe it's 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 pure negligence on umg's part and that's fucked up that's truly fucked up i agree that it's pure negligence but I think that, uh, I mean, judging from Chuck Berry, because he has been sued by people in his band, one one of the guys on the skins, either Fred Below or Ebby Hardy, I can't remember yeah. which one it was. One of the no, guys, it was the piano player. It was the piano player. Was it Willie? It, it was one of the piano players. Lafayette League or Johnny Johnson. Yeah, one of them. One of the guys sued, sued. Yeah, one of the guys sued Chuck Berry for for songwriting credits, but the courts said, like, dude, it's it's been too long. Like, get the fuck yeah. out of here. It's that's been like forty years. Like, that's what I think UMG is about, dude. I think like like the statute of limitations is running out, and I think it's cheaper for them to claim to lose everything, and then at some point go back and say, okay, now that we've hired a crack team of. I don't know, fucking James Bond divers to go in. They've discovered a lot of stuff we thought was lost. Oh, sorry. The statute of limitations on the royalties is up. Like that's... Hmm, that's an interesting Like theory. in the next 10 to 15 years, dude, I have no... I would not be surprised whatsoever if a lot of these older artists that claim to, be, to have been lost, their master tapes do not turn up and they make yeah. money off of them. That's a good point too, because like, that's a good theory. Because, say in ten years, Universal comes out and says, "Oh, well, we thought we lost all of it, but there's half of these artists that survived," and then at that point they can put out a new, a brand new remastered version from the original analog tapes, and then that way they could sell resell the album for twice or three times as much. So I mean that that's an interesting theory that could be very true. Like Dude, this could be like a long con in 10 years or five years or whatever. Cause it's already been 12 years since the fire because these people, they, they, these people, they, these Rockefellers, these people have no concept of like time. They are, they are hard money. They have been in, in the money industry for so many fucking decades, so many centuries almost. Yeah. That we are oblivious. <laughs> They're not, they're not, they're not new money. They're not new money. They're old money. Let's not even get into the conspiracy of of things like that. Yeah, we can, we can really go down that rabbit hole. Okay, Tyler. Okay, okay. Rebecca instead. Okay, so let's get away from the conspiracy stuff. Nah, let's get back into the music. Let's get back into this album, One Dozen Berries. So, would it, since you don't have any stinkers, let's move on to your BB, your biggest banger. What was what do you got? What was the first wrong? The first wrong? The first song the you first played? Wrong. Yeah, the first wrong you played. What do we play? The first wrong I played was rock and roll. What rock and roll movement or rock and roll music? Music. Oh, okay. Oh shit! Yeah, rock and roll music. All right. So then, what is that your BB? No. Okay. Good. No. Very well, good. we I'm can. Glad. I'm. I, well, what do you mean? I'm glad. 
No, you know what? Maybe it is my favorite fucking song, all right? Well, I know it's not now. Well, it is. I just no, I was not. kidding. Just kidding. Why do you hate that song? I don't hate it. It's not a banger for me. You think, like I said, you think rock and roll music is not a banger? No, no, not on this Oh, record. okay. Here we go. Here we, you ready? Yeah, Here no, we go. I was born ready. Here we go. So, so <laughs> the melody here... Yeah. Is insane. The melody and the vocal, the verses, they make my knees shake. Oh my they God. do. The usage of the All forced right. rhyme, right? When he's saying like hurricane, but he's a hurricane, he forces that rhyme. That mm-hmm. is rock and roll. Like, dude, don't, okay. don't forget, man, that this dude made this half a century ago. Over half no, a I century know. ago, like we talk about about these rhyming techniques, and like Zeppelin uses these rhyming techniques in the seventies, and like everybody else uses this stuff, like the forced rhyme to change change not the meaning of the word, but change the sound of the word to match the rhyming scheme. Like that's something that happens all the fucking time. It does. No, you're totally right. And it kind of started right now. So it might have started right now. It might have started earlier. I don't know. It might have been popularized with him, but but he he did it right here, and 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 you're 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 glossing over it like it's nothing. <laughs> and then the fourth verse, dude, the fourth verse, and it's changed into this more like bootleg Latin sounding tune. Yeah, like it's a really shitty attempt at Chuck trying to be like like the tango like the word tango he thinks is one thing and that's and he extrapolated that into an entire verse okay that i mean that ignorance is rock and roll i guess to an extent yeah i just overall i think it's a pretty basic rock and roll song i think it's because it's popular it's probably the reason why you know it's really i honestly i've never heard the song prior to this get the Fuck out of you never fucking heard this song. I have not. You ever watched that station VH1? Uh yes. Yeah, well it's fucking on constantly. Every night every every day at nine o'clock AM and nine PM it's still on there. Okay. Today. Right now. What are you talking about? I don't know. I don't know either. But rock and roll music is not it's definitely not a banger on this and there's no way this is your your BB on. On this record, no, it's not, my, no way. It's, it's not my BB, but it's a good song. God. Well, Beach Boys also covered this song too, so it was very popular. It was that it's one, one of his most popular songs. Overall, though, it's just maybe because I've heard so much rock and roll since that it just doesn't have that same that same punch in the face, punch in the gut, as I would have hoped. You do like understand the difference between like the rock and roll as a genre. And the and rock and roll as like a like an attitude or like a oh absolutely like a feeling yeah. right yeah I know. I know and you also understand that Chuck Berry had both correct yes all right I I understand where you're going I understand what you're saying I totally do fucking muggle but outside of that this song isn't it's good it's good let's just say it's good. do you have any stinkers no I don't no I have no stinkers. I already said that. I have no stinkers. I don't remember you saying that. I said okay, like Kermit, times, don't fucking sip your drink. Or that's that's the fucking, yeah, okay, come on. 
<sighs> so what's your biggest banger? Come on. What do we got here? Uh, dude, they're all like this. This is a perfect album. Okay. I No, I understand that. I think. I understand you think that. I think like, yeah. like La Wanda is probably my biggest banger because I had never heard this prior to this week. And I think this is such a funny song. But I also think that Chuck Berry has no idea that it's funny. Yeah, because he's so bad at it at speaking Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So wait, this is your number, your your one B, yeah, your BB, yeah. Okay. So there, there's a couple of things here. One is like obviously his Spanish is awful. The second part is that he I don't know if he's trying to do like a an accent like a like a Mexican accent or, or, or a Spanish accent, or I don't know what he's trying to do, but it comes off very Jamaican and very reggae. And it makes it even more funny and more silly because of that. But I, I think it's a, I think it's a good song. It's fun. It's, it's my five B. It's my five banger. Oh my God. Yeah. It, it, it did really surprise me though, because I, I didn't think he really did anything outside of blues and rock and roll, but there is some like, there are some like reggae stuff here outside of his vocal stuff too. There's some reggae vibe to it, but so I there, think it's a solid song. There, it's a great song. There are like several things that I love about this song. Like one, there are some distinct like band of vibes, mm-hmm. like some of the earlier and like just even getting into the history of, of like banda and Norteño music and, which the derivative of, of even like country, which is also derivative like polka. And then there's also polka on kind of polka on this, on this album in the last track. But like Chuck Berry did it all. Dude. Like he didn't even know he did it all, but he did it all. Did it all. I feel like I'm saying did it all pretty shitty, but you know, yeah, he did it all. He did it all. He did, did it, it all. all. But the fact that he says, like, no comprendo ingles, and he keeps telling this girl that he, he says that he, so, like, the translation is, I only speak Spanish, I don't understand English. Mm-hmm. But that's not what he thinks he's saying. <laughs> he thinks he's saying, I don't understand Spanish, Spanish. I only I speak, speak English. English. Yeah. But that's not what he's saying to this girl. And then, th- like, the lyrics progress as this girl probably thinks it's funny, it's cute. And then it gets to the point where she's like, you know, I kind of want to, like, dance with him. And then it's like, I kind of want to kiss him. Because mm-hmm. in 50s language, kissing is, like, sex. That's the equivalent of that. Yeah. You know, so, like, that's 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 funny. That's funny. But the best part about this is I truly believe that Chuck <laughs> Berry has no fucking idea. No, I don't think so either. I don't think that it's like a like a tongue in cheek thing. I think it <laughs> just has no idea. But nobody no fucking because idea. he probably didn't have like a like a rock and roll manager like Gene Simmons and Kiss did, like 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 a- Angus Young and and ACDC <laughs> did. They had no rock and roll manager. He he just had yeah. like his probably like his uncle was was managing him booking shows. What is is Wanda? Is that just a name or is that an is that does that mean something? I mean, Juan is is a famous is a, Mexican name. I've never heard like well, yeah, La Wanda. Wanda. I don't know. I I really have no idea. Okay, yeah, I wasn't sure if it was a word or if it was like a. I guess the female version of Wanda. but 
this also coincides with not only this song, but also like a later thing that I kind of have a, an overall theory of is, mm-hmm. is Chuck is self-aware is Chuck no. has always been self-aware because La Wanda is just like a white person trying to name a Mexican boy's name, but as like feminine. Okay. And there's a latter part on this album where he does something that is kind of in that vein. Mm. Wait, what part? Though? We'll get there. We'll get there. Let's let's let's. Okay. We'll definitely if get we remember. there. No, I'll, if we remember. No, it's in my notes. I'll remember. Oh, okay. I mean, okay. All right. So should we play? Should we play a little bit of Luanda? Yes. Sound good? Because like, okay. especially like the third or fourth yeah. verse. Oh, okay, that's fine though. God. He has so many fucking verses in all of his songs. Mm-hmm. So here's a uh, here's Lawanda from the Chuck Berries. Down in Tijuana, la señorita come to me. She say mi nombre es Lawanda. I ask her would she care to dance. She looked at me and said, Como esta? I say, I'm blasolo en español y no comprendo inglés. I speak only the language of English. I don't understand español. For a moment I took a notion. Then I went into a dancing motion. She nodded her head, y mucho gusto, she said, and she danced with more devotion. When, when her cheek came close to mine, I could hear her softly whisper. She said, I'm solo, la lengua de I speak only the language of English. I don't understand Spanish. I I don't get it. Why why does he have that accent? Because he's an idiot. <laughs> it's the accent for me that that gets me every time. It's just so silly. Because in a so in silly. a period of like pre like politically correct era in a in a period of like pre humans like empathizing with other people it was okay to make fun of other people because it was funny right like you can make fun of mexican people and it was funny yeah that's what he's doing here but that's the thing like he he doesn't sound mexican or he doesn't sound like his to 50s people yes he sounds mexican (laughs) but in 2020 it's just it sounds so stupid and so silly because it sounds so Jamaican. But it's all there. It's so but like the, the but the origins are there. <laughs> no, I I get it. I I mean I understand what you're saying. It's just, it's it's so off putting. Like <laughs> just it, this song is a fucking mess. I love it, but it's a fucking mess. Absolutely a mess. Well, the fact that he's he's oh, say he he's thinking that he's saying that he doesn't speak English. Or he didn't speak Spanish. He only understands English, but it, it's coming off as the opposite. opposite. Is 
It's great. It's good times. What is, what is your B, what is your BB? You you keep Oh my god, my BB. <sighs> oh baby doll. Okay. Come on. This because this is like the oh, most god. this oh, this is the most oh, this is the most punk rock song oh, on god. the entire god. album. This is the one that I thought like the reason why I love the Misfits now is because mm-hmm. of this sound. If you added some distortion to like some of the instruments on this and added a little like a little to the vocals you got the misfits maybe yeah with 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 danzig's like crooning voice maybe. like this this is why i i was like holy i was so blown away by the misfits was because they did this sound but perfect punk rock style oh okay they didn't perfect it it was just different <laughs> but oh baby doll the, the, this one is my it's my it's my bb it's super upbeat like you said um, but his guitar tone, it, his guitar tone is is very unique in this one. Uh, it's it's very it's like on the verge of blowing out his speaker on his on his with his amp and everything because it's turned up so fucking loud and you can hear it like you can hear it almost reaching like a point of like no return where he's about to blow it out. But then for whatever reason, like you hear the like the, the distortion come back. Like he's not like he knows how to like control it so it doesn't like blow his speaker out. I love it. The song is is absolutely fantastic, um, and it's because you you come off of a, off a few instrumentals at this point. You get off, you come off of some of the, like, I, for lack of a better term, like cheesy songs, and then like cheesy rock and roll songs. Not that they're bad, but cheesy rock and roll songs. Then the Wanda, and then this one is just like, oh, this is like, oh, I'm like having a really good time. Like this is a true banger, absolutely true banger. I don't know why you have such an issue with it. I mean, I think I think this album is perfect, so this is not a. Uh, but you clear, but you clearly have an issue with this one. No, I love this song. This OBB doll. What what is it? Where does it sit on your list? I think it sits fine. Honestly, I think the pace, dude. It's. I think I think this album is perfect. I think every album, every song on here <laughs> is a banger. I think the pacing yeah. of this album is absolutely perfect. I was, I was fucking surprised. When I realized that there were so many instrumentals on this album, mm. I had literally no idea. And I, what are they like? Four, maybe three, four? I think two. Four instrumentals. Two. No, there's more than. But two, two would have been one too many. Like one instrumental, I would have thought, okay, that's fine. Two instrumentals, yeah. I was kind of like, holy shit, that's a lot of instrumentals. But when it went to like three, four instrumentals. There's three. No, there's four. There's That's four. when I thought, like, holy shit, dude! This guy was this guy was rock and roll. Like this yeah. this guy. That's cool man. Oh my god, Tyler Anstead, Tyler Rebecca fucking Anstead. Hey, no last names. No last names. Tyler Rebecca. Tyler Rebecca DeLong. This this. Oh, dude, I don't even know. I don't even know. I was blown away with this album. I I've not been this blown away by an album since. The used. Honestly, Jeez. honestly, I don't think I've I've been this blown away by an album since Static Age. Dude, get the fuck out of here. I was truly blown away by Static Age, by how great that was, because it incorporated a lot of elements of this type of rock and roll, this era of rock and roll, but with a lot of the punk stuff. Okay. Well let's let's play a little bit of Oh Baby Doll because it, it does correlate with the punk stuff and like what you were saying. So here's a here's Oh Baby Doll from Chuck Berry. 
tone in this song during that solo especially it's so it's so rough oh i love it i love his tone i thought i thought like for sure your one of your biggest bangers would have been one of the instrumentals it was close it was definitely close like either blue feel like i mean so like blue feeling guitar boogie uh in go low feeling those like one of those would have been your biggest banger. Well, you know, I'm I I I'm here to surprise. I guess I don't know. But oh, baby doll, yeah, great. And and the lyrically, you know, I mean, there's not a, like he's not super crazy in depth with his lyrics, but you know, it's it was rock and roll in the '50s and '60s, so it didn't have to be. But this is just him like t- reminiscing about like his high school sweetheart and the fun they used to have and just kind of like telling that that little story of it. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, man. Oh, baby doll from the Chuck Berry. Oh, baby doll. That's the BB. That's the biggest banger on it. Plain and simple. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's. That's <laughs> true. That's so. That's so <laughs> where, wrong. Where, where does this one even sit? Number two for you, right? No. I think like rocking at the Philharmonic that would even sit above this one, because oh, that's Lord. that's instrumental. Yeah, that's got a lot of like rock and roll brushes in there. Dude, Willie Dixon, he's walking like we even talked about anybody else on this on this album. Will True. Dixon here on the bass, dude, he's walking all over this shit. He's the he's the only other one that shines <laughs> outside of Chuck. He, Honestly, walking all over this shit. He's quiet and he's in the back, but like, damn, dude, he he's like subtly stealing this song. I think, kind of, the, I mean, from the from the other members, he steals every song from them. But what 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 makes like rocking at the Philharmonic such a such a beyond banger is the natural progression of blues to jazz to rock and roll. That would be. Yeah. Like inevitably, like blues, you know, starting from like like spirituals, like hymns, like almost like I mean not almost, but like straight slave music, 
moving into jazz and, and, mm-hmm. and kind of putting like a beat to it, kind of being a little more upbeat and like the New Orleans style and then moving on to rock and roll. Like, dude, rock and the Philharmonic kind of encapsulates every prog- every step of that journey into one song without vocals. I know, right? And it's so perfect. It's such a it's such a simple sound that we take for granted so much nowadays. And it's dude, like Willie Dixon has this nice little like solo diddly in the in the bridge and oh dude, I can't even I can't even <laughs> So is that your second banger then? This might be my first banger. Wait, no, but your first no I don't I, first, I, don't, I I I take it back. This might be, this might be my first banger. First banger over Lawanda. Dude, the more the more I mean, the more I read of my notes, the more I just realize that every This is my this is my this is my one B. This this is my biggest okay. banger. Rockin' at the Philharmonic is my my 6B. So, Lawanda is my 5, Rockin' is a, is my number 6. So, that's all wrong, what you just said, but that's fine. <laughs> but my number one was right, correct? What was your number oh, one? Baby doll? No, oh, baby no, doll. no, no, oh, no, 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 dude. Like, rocking the Philharmonic should never be below, like, a top two song for you. Like, rocking at the Philharmonic, legit, is, is, is letting you listen to every stylistic origin that has become rock and roll music. Okay. For all for it? all intents and purposes, rock and roll music as we know it today has been started by spiritual hymns, by by essentially slave music. Like that is what we know yeah. as rock and roll music today. And this song right here is giving you that bridge. Is bridging yeah, it began, the two. It, it did begin there, absolutely. Yeah. The slavery of here in the United States. Yeah, absolutely. There would be no ACDC without, without this song. And then prior to this song, you know, there would be no, this song without, you know, beforehand, but like there would be no Zeppelin. There would be no Sabbath. There would be no anything. Let's just say modern music wise. Let's just say that. Yes. So here, here's a little bit of a rocking at the Philharmonic from Chuck Berry.
All right, there's Rockin' at the Philharmonic from Chuck Berry, an instrumental track. And I will say this, too. I feel like, dude, his albums would be, dare I say, better had they all been instrumental. Like, his instrumental stuff is really good. It's really fucking good. <laughs> so, I mean, you can't really argue that. Like, it might, this album could have been better if it was all instrumental. Dude, we're just, like we're so, we're so spoiled. <laughs> we're so spoiled, and I get it. Like, I understand, like, why you say that, why you think that. I, too, think that it's because we're so fucking spoiled with what we think is rock and roll music and what we think is, is like, music in general. And, like, even the people that we, that, that we both agree that are, that are just so great at what they do right mm-hmm. like we both yeah. have our favorite bands and our favorite songs but the people that we think are iconic in what they do you can trace those specific people back to like these type of roots yeah absolutely and and i don't know like just i don't know, just oh dude like this whole jazz thing that we've on this whole kick that we're on that we've on that we've on that we've on <laughs> we've on we've on this whole like jazz kick that we've on and this this rock and roll thing that we've on yes i think that a lot of it has to do with like the mississippi river what so if you look at the mississippi river and you look at the big towns that are kind of off of the mississippi river like new orleans and like memphis and you go up like how far how far north are we going you go all the way, all the way to like, all the way to like Chicago, right? Yeah, where a lot of jazz came from. I mean, a lot of jazz came from like the south, and then further moved it on up north. But I mean, you, you I don't know, man. It's just. I mean, Coltrane came from Chicago. A lot of big acts came from Chicago. But you look at like the Mississippi River, and you got like like, I don't know, Memphis, and and and. St. Louis, and then you go up to like Chicago, and then you start moving like east a little bit. And so it's, but then you think like, why, why did these people move up along the Mississippi River? And you think that like, dude, these people have been treated like shit for so fucking long that it's like, mm-hmm. hey, there's nothing good down here. Let's just move up river. Maybe there's something mm-hmm. better up there. I don't know. And it's just, it's so so you, you so you're 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 saying like these musicians start say further south and then from living conditions and shitty situations they move north and they're taking the music from the south farther north and then it's a changing and evolving over years say 30 years as you know people move from shitty living situations and lifestyles farther north and that's why we get we have the difference in jazz music from New Orleans and southern and the south Compared to Chicago, yes, that that area is that kind of what you're saying. Correct, yes. Okay, it, but it. even like extrapolating further on that concept is just like you and I have been so involved in music since like our high school days. We've been more involved in music than we haven't at this point in our life. True. The correct. amount of years that we've spent listening, enjoying, playing dissecting whatever whatever it may be it's Mm -hmm. it's it's crazy to think that now we're getting to jazz 
and now we're getting into like this this genre of music and and now we're finally realizing that everything comes from this every band Mm -hmm. that we love can be traced to this to an extent yeah can be further back can be traced i mean essentially like blues yeah like like the delta blue mississippi delta blues and back Dating back to the 1910s and 1920s. Yeah. Before that, dude, like mid 1850s, like like just spirituals, well, yeah, I mean, like hymns, like yeah, like what you were saying, like you know, a lot of the the stuff within this within slavery and U.S. slavery and all that stuff. Yeah, what this really, all what this all boils down to is, uh, given all of these all of this history, why the fuck do you still think that Cardi B? Is like a legit <laughs> artist. I don't understand. It's all it's all come around. I it's don't fucking around. understand. She is like hey, the f- hey. dude. Like given this conversation, <laughs> do you feel stupid now? Do you feel stupid? No, I don't. You I should. Don't. It makes no sense. I don't. It makes no sense. How does it? Make, how does it not make sense? Because she has nothing to offer. She has nothing to offer. This has really come full circle for you. Shit makes me so mad. Let's so, let's get. I mean, I, I, I like I like, I like a couple I of like, her songs, I like. but also <laughs> I, like, I, like, I like a couple of her songs. But also, so you're you're complaining about modern music and and in in the realm of hip hop. I, I I did I like halfway through my speech. I did, I did try and tailor it so I could come back to Cardi B. <laughs> you're such an idiot. But also. If you if you're if this was a legitimate argument, which I don't think it is, but if it was, my argument could be that people in 1957 thought that what Chuck Berry was doing was very stupid and awful and dumb and didn't make any sense. It could be kind of translated to 2020 now or 2017, whenever she, you know, blew up. Like people just don't understand her, but they will in 10 years. Like like little Kim, you didn't understand little Kim. You didn't really care about little Kim in 2000. That is but true. in 2020, oh, you fucking love her. You fucking love that girl. That is true. When I was when so. I was when I was a teenager in middle school, I was I was actually I was very into the gangster rap scene, and and Lil Kim did come up, and I brushed her off as just being because she's a woman in rap. I, I that's what I was in in high, middle school, and I was unfortunate, but now I, I realize that she is a power fucking house, dude. Lil Kim is up there with Missy Elliott, with Lauren Hill, with. Unfortunately, Nicki Minaj. She is up there. And what, we, what if Cardi B is that person? She's not. So, so on, you, brought, on, you brought this up. So, so I never gotta, ever once said Cardi B in this entire podcast. So, <laughs> the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even want to talk about her. I don't even like her that much. <laughs> it's like the stupidest fucking conversation of. I've ever had with you. <laughs> oh dear lord! So uh, yeah, let's dude. Get, like, let's get back to like, this, this album, this damn album. Let's yeah, let's 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 do that. So okay. there's there's I mean, dude, there's a bunch of other things about rock and roll in general that I would like to talk about. But I mean, that was like a I don't know. That's fine. So like, where, where are you going? So what? No, that, so that's go ahead. What's rocking at the Philharmonic was your number two. Correct. Right. Or yeah, number one, uh, number two. What? Number yeah. one, number two. Let's just say that. Because we already talked about the other number one for you, Lawanda. Yeah. So let's move on to my number two. Also an instrumental. Ingo. Enough, an Ingo. Instrument. You got that right. You hit the nail yeah. on the head. Hit the nail on the head. So this one for me, 
I like this one a lot because it, it, it takes away from like kind of the modern rock and roll of that time. And it kind of throws it back to like the old Delta blues and like the, the kind of shitty recording, the, the, the kind of like crappy guitar tones. And I loved it a lot. I thought it was really good. And like, he, it's not muddled up with, with vocals. It's just like straight to the point instrumental and it's all about feeling. And that's what I really liked about this song. So I'm going to play a little bit of uh, Ingo, 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 whatever. Here Ingo. it is from Ingo from Chuck Berry. There you go. There's Ingo from Chuck Berry. His uh, to be on this record. Ingrid Michaelson. On one dozen berries. <laughs> Ingrid Mike. What? <laughs> this um this this song is so. It's so bluesy. Man. Dude, the song it's is so bluesy. good because of so many different reasons. So like one, there is a strict call and answer kind of from like the lead and rhythm guitar. They're both like battling the entire time. The rhythm, it, the guitar is kind of just is trying to keep the tone, mm-hmm. to keep the tone straight, and, and 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 trying to to hone the lead into into a normalized kind of like blues riff. Yeah, but the lead comes in does something totally different, which forces the rhythm guitar to also do something different. And so you hear some like changes halfway through the song. There's a lot of changes in the song and they're very mm-hmm. subtle. They're not key changes. They're more of, of just kind of like subtle style changes in like blues music. And I think, I think that's what makes this song boss. This is boss. They're like bigger than, than Springsteen type of boss. This is boss. <laughs> I mean, I, I will agree with you on that. Better than Springsteen, yes. That's correct. that's why I think this song is, is really cool is because it's not just a call and answer battle between the rhythm and guitar, but it's more of, of pushing boundaries type of thing. Yeah. And it's just the feel of it all too. It's it's just such a cool feel and it it just like kinda like takes you to a different place, makes you think differently than you would normally 
when you listen to music, which is always exciting and fun. Dude, his band is so tight. Like, they're so I agree. fucking I agree. good. Like, come yeah. on. I agree. And there there are definitely points on this record that seem very jam-oriented, jam and that was one of them. But there are other many moments where it feels that way, and it's... Uh, but they, they really hold it together so freaking well. It's it's fantastic. Uh, one song I did want to touch upon, I, it's not one of my bangers. It might be for you, but not for me. It's uh, The Sweet Little 16. How, I feel like we have to touch How is that it. not a banger for you? I just don't think it was that good. You're stupid. You you Oh, my God. <laughs> but I did want to touch upon it because the Beach Boys completely ripped it off like 100% ripped it off they didn't rip it off you know? oh dude they did no they did not they did did they give them songwriting credit they paid they homage to but the they, song no, dude dude no it, it is it is they straight lifted the, the concept of ripping they, they off has the been melody. lost they lifted the melody straight from this song like i'm listening to it i'm thinking oh this is surfing usa of course 100% this, they fucking they acknowledge it. Oh, dude, that. Yes. Dude. dude, Brian Wilson it's has never once ever said like okay. that was an original song. So it's a ripoff. It's not a homage. That's a that's like rip-off. that's like saying, "Oh, well John Mayer has an fucking uh, 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 an incredible uh, fuck. I can't even think of the goddamn words. I'm so upset. <laughs> <laughs> Everything John Mayer has ever done has been a ripoff of BB King, who has been a ripoff of anything blues wise from the delta area but this is like completely blatantly blatantly ripped it off like it's not even there's no who, there's no who do you about. think was the first person who to ever you? write like the basic 12 bar blues every <laughs> no, fucking rock song has ever fucking, been that it that Sunhouse, ripped, Robert ripped Johnson, off that know. fucking line then okay but but we're not talking about that we're talking about this song sweet little 16 and we're talking about the Beach Boys, so oh, Tyler, we're talking about Rebecca this because fucking because like Morstead. okay, so so had had the Beach Boys ripped off or had they had they taken paid homage to like you know classic Delta blues? Okay, that's one thing like to pay homage to that, but to directly lift and rip off Sweet Little Sixteen is completely different. Like the melody is identical. It's, but Sweet Little insane. 16 is still structured around the 12-bar blues, much like his entire okay, album. That's but that's fine. But that's fine because that's like a concept. That's like a concept right there. But what the Beach Boys did, they directly ripped it, this song off. But they like never one thing, they never claimed it to like be their own song. Like Again, again Brian Wilson has never said, like, oh, this is an original song by us. He always... Always gave credit regardless. where credit was due. Regardless, it's a straight ripoff. It's not a Who ripoff, gave, dude. It is, oh, dude. I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna, I'll play it right now. No, you're no, right no. Right you're, what you're doing is you're playing it right now, but it's not a ripoff because Brian Wilson it never said it was an original song. Who he, cares? He Who cares ne- if he? What are you talking about? Who cares? He ripoff. never said it was an original song. It's a ripoff. It's. Uh, it's a cover it song. It totally is. It's a cover song, yeah, and Brian Wilson said it was a cover song. So play the cover song. Serving USA, go. Here's a Sweet Little 16 from... Horachi Sandals 2. Dude, God. <laughs> this opening. Deep in the heart of Texas And round the Frisco Bay All over St. Louis And down in New 
and by God's There's the song that the Beach Boys ripped off. Sorry, my bad. So yes, there you go. Sweet little sixteen. So this is one of your bangers. This one. Yeah, every song here is a banger. Like, I don't know what you're. I, I again, I think you're missing like like the big picture here. No, I'm seeing all the pictures. To be honest. <laughs> well, I mean, there's only one picture, and I think you're missing it. No, I'm seeing I'm seeing that one that through one the picture of like classic rock and things like that. On the Richard Nixon with his <laughs> peace signs up. Oh, oh, oh. Jim Helper. Okay. Oh, oh. Okay. I uh, that, that reference is not dude. They're just solid. Again, I said in the beginning, and I will say it again: that Chuck Berry did not invent rock and roll. Chuck Ver- Berry, Berry, Chuck Berry, Berry, Chuck Berry did not develop like any kind of rock and roll style but chuck berry perfected it perfected everything about rock and roll okay and thus chuck berry is the king of he is rock the king. and roll. no absolutely he totally is the king <sighs> I, I i'm i'm i don't know why we're arguing because we agree on so many things. Because you think that Chuck Berry is a boner. No. You not at think all. Chuck not Berry is CBB. Chuck Berry boner. That's what you. <laughs> that's what you. I can't, I can't even you say can't the even, word boner even, without laughing. You can't even. I mean, when have you ever been able. When has anybody ever. That's not been possible. Able to say that without it's not possible. No, it's not at all. It's not. Yeah, that's what, you, that's what you think. It's not. It's CBB. You are a... You, you think CBB. It's possible. All right, should we should we wrap it up? Should we talk about more bangers? What do you want to do here? Uh, I just... My phone closed out. Let me just go. Glub, glub, glub. <clears throat> Let's talk about the last song. It doesn't take a... It doesn't take but a few minutes. But a few minutes. Yeah. Okay. So what do you got about this one? So this one I think is important because not only does it kind of showcase the stylistic origins of rock and roll, but it also incorporates country music. And as we know, country music predates rock and roll. Yes, correct. And then also that, like predating that, like dude, like we're just gonna go back further and further and further and further. 
Okay. Like spirituals and things like that predate that. And that kind of has like an impact on, on, on rock and roll and country music around that. But in a very loose way. Around the same time also like polka music. Polka music. How are you bringing polka music into this? Come on. If you don't hear polka music in this, you're fucking nuts. But so, so polka music, especially like that, that European Germanic style. If that's, that's, that's what's going on here. Like that's, that's, that is what's happening. This is, mm-hmm. this has a country type sound to it. And that country sound of like, doom, doom, doom. Doom, 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 doom. Yeah. Like, I where do you think yeah. that came from? No, I mean, I, I, that, okay, no, okay. not, no, I'll give you that. no, don't like give me that. That is a direct influence of polka <laughs> music. That is a direct influence of that Germanic style. And I think him ending the album, I'm like, it doesn't take but a few minutes. And then incorporating a lot of these different styles is such a, it's such a, like a, a mic drop of the 50s. Because he's acknowledging like the entire album that that you know he's he's good at like incorporating blues music he's in he's good at doing like jazz numbers, but he can also mm-hmm. throw it back to like the eighteen fucking hundreds and that throw in true. some poker music. I get what you're saying, and that's what the song okay. is. <laughs> All right, let, let's play let's play a little bit of it of the last song, the closing song on a. Uh, on the Chuck Berry record, it don't take but a few minutes. So here we go. There it is. It don't take but a few minutes from the Chuck Berry. It's a great song, man. I I mean I I do I do hear the pol. I mean I know I understand what you mean with the polka and all that stuff. Now it makes more sense. It's a good call. It's a good call. These are just like these are these are these are stylistic origins coming mm-hmm. from other places, coming from other places, coming from other places. And mm-hmm. so, like, when we argue over 
you know, is Garth Brooks country, is Garth Brooks Western, is Garth Brooks pop country, is Garth Brooks pop. It's like we forget the fact that like Garth Brooks came from this, mm-hmm. that came from this, that came from this. Yeah. And I think Chuck Berry at this point, at the end of his record, is reminding us that no matter what, we all came from this. Okay. Yeah, no, I I, I do agree. It, it's a good closer to the album when you think of it that way. So I'm with you. Damn, it's good. It, it is. It's a damn fine song. And damn. Did, fine you, did you, did you, so you went to Radiation this week, clearly, because you bought uh, fucking whatever you bought from there. Did you buy this yes. record? Bad Religion. No, because they don't have it. You fucking cuck. They don't have it because... Did you even I, ask? Okay. I did ask. And they, do not, they don't have it. So I went there. Well, no, no. Before I went there, I, I checked the website and the Radiation Records website that you, you saw it on yeah. was for, a, for the website like in, in France. <laughs> so the, the, the website for Radiation Records here in Orange County is actually pukeandvomitsrecord.com. Records.com. Wow. That's the actual website. So you you looked at the website from France or what, somewhere in Europe. I don't remember what city or country. Somewhere in Europe, but the one here in Orange County is puke and vomit, and that's not. It wasn't on there. And I I went there today and they didn't have it. I double checked with them. So damn. Yeah. So you got you got really lucky because they only sell punk, like obscure punk and metal. That's that's dude, really that's all what they I sell. was so surprised. It was like twelve bucks. I couldn't believe it. And th- so they had it at White Rabbit, but at White Rabbit, it's 20 bucks. Yeah, that's too much. Yeah, I don't want to pay 20 bucks for it. But for a repress? Yeah so, so when I w- nah. yeah, so when I went there after White Rabbit today, I, I just double checked with them and they said no. So I bought the Battle Religion record instead. So Well, now, yeah, now you sound stupid, so. <laughs> <laughs> but Now you but, sound like idiots. That's fine. But the Bad Religion record, No Control, amazing record. Amazing fucking record. Well, I want to conquer the world. It's a pretty cool song. I want to conquer the I mean, world. You clearly have never heard the Give record. all the idiots a brand new religion. <laughs> That's fine. You want to buy bad religion over. Uh, 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 Chuck Berry. That's cool. So. Yes. No. What? No, go ahead. Do you have. Do are, you we, have are we going to. Round it out, or Dude, I could finish it up. I could go all night about like rock and roll history, about fucking I mean, Chuck Berry, okay. about whatever. But we could save that for a different episode because I'm whatever. sure we're gonna get more into rock and roll at some point. Whatever you want. I mean, this is arguably the biggest rock and roll artist of all time. Let me. Um, but is it is it always that fun to get into the biggest rock and roll artist of all time? I, I think well, let's just round let's just round it out. We've been yeah, here for a let's, while. Let's round it. We've been out. here all day. We've been here all day. So. Um, what, so what are your final thoughts on this one? And also we'll rank it. So we have a three point rating system where three is a perfect album. Two is a good album. You're going to continue to listen to one is a bad album, but you should give it a shot. And zero is an album that should have never been made because it's so fucking awful and should burn in the depths of hell. So go, what are your final thoughts and rating? <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Um, I think that this is, I mean, this is nowhere near like my top 10 albums of all time. I think this is like nowhere near probably the top 10 albums of, of anybody's top 10 lists. I, I think that, um, 
I think that we we all go through life kind of kind of not understanding where things come from. Mm-hmm. Much in the same vein as as you watch movies, and you and you think like, oh damn, like you know, fucking the Mandalorian is a cool show. Well, that kind of came from this, <laughs> which came from this, which came from okay. this. Okay. And and yes. but that's that's our society. Our society doesn't understand. I, I, no, I shouldn't say that. Our society chooses not to understand the origin story of the things that they love. Correct. Whether Correct. whether it be cinema, music, fucking food, anything, anything. Mm-hmm. I think our society chooses not to understand the cultural origins. But I think no matter what, the only thing constant in human evolution has been has been like art, specifically music. I think music has has been around since like the dawn of Adam and Eve because I am highly Christian and we all started from having Adam. Adam and Eve. I'm just kidding. Adam and Eve. I think I go. think music star uh, dude like music has been around since like the dawn of time. The only other thing constant besides music has been alcohol. That's why no offense and, to and you're and, and we're indulging in both of those things. No offense yeah. to people out there, but I think people that have never drank alcohol, I I don't I don't trust them. I knew you were gonna say that. I there are reasons not to drink alcohol after a certain point, but to never have tried it, I think is is I I, I don't trust them. I don't trust them. Like imagine somebody come up to come up to you and they said, I've never listened to music. You'd be like, What yeah, the fuck are you talking about? You're listening to that'd music. Be, that'd be weird. That'd be weird, right? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I because I think I think music can and is just as intoxicating as alcohol can be. Much with one dozen berries. <laughs> the first time I dude, I kid you not, man, the first time I listened to it was as intoxicating as alcohol was. I was fucking blown away. I, I That's so interesting. Dude, my knees were shaking. I felt like not only was I back in the fifties, but I was also back like before man before like the john feldman's well, i mean that be very recent before even like the led zeppelins before they even kind of like got too into their own heads before even like the beach boys versus the beatles before they even got heavily into the melodies back when music mm. was just you hit one one note on one string and that was enough and that's what this album meant to me I was so it meant a lot. I was blown away, dude. I was blown yeah. away by how basic, but also how complex his album was. I under, I I understand what you mean. I totally do. That was a long explanation for that was a just for me to say that this is a perfect three. <laughs> a perfect three out of three for you, huh? This this is this is arguably even like a a three point one. Dude, no, there's no such thing. Like. I don't know, man. This is, uh, this could be like the greatest album of all time. <laughs> like, no, it's not. I don't know. Dude, it's not. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm telling you. No, I, I haven't. Know. I haven't heard all of the albums. 
<laughs> I've heard every album ever made. And this is not this is not the greatest album ever made. This this could be this dude, this could be a three point zero this is a three point zero one. No, it's not. Get That's what this is. That's what this is. This is setting the standard for music. No, it no, no. It's not a three point oh one. No, it's not. It's not. Or a three point one. It's not. It's a three point oh one. No, it's not. All right, so my final thoughts here were is where is is where is where is. Yeah, right. Uh, I <laughs> this is the first album I've ever listened to from this guy, from Chuck Berry. I was I was truly blown away. Like I thought this was absolutely fantastic, uh, and I and I can see where so many artists have have been influenced by him and everything he did, not just musically, but like we, what we talked about, just the rock and roll lifestyle put that in in quotes uh he was truly influential and um he was kind of a shitty person yeah but musically he he could be put down as one of the most influential artists of modern music he could be he could be he might be how how could you possibly sit there and say that he could be he might be you're fucking nuts (laughs) you're knocking butts but I will say I'm gonna give this one a perfect three as well. God, this is a perfect album. This is a perfect fucking album. I don't throw it out often. I do not throw oh, out the perfect fair, albums you, often. You do, but but this is a perfect album. Absolutely perfect album. I didn't I didn't give the the Kanye record a perfect album, so I don't throw it out often. Come on, get the fuck out of here. The fuck out of here. That's true. You know I don't do that. I'm smarter than that. <laughs> I don't take my stupid pills that often. <sighs> okay, so I mean, obviously, if you didn't know, we we just got into Chuck Berry and his album One Dozen Berries, and uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, do you got anything else to say? I do not. You do not. So thank you all for listening, getting this far into the pod. Uh, go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. And once again, thank you, thank you very much for listening. And that's it. That's all. Their most popular, which is like their six, it has like the logical song. I don't even know if I know that song. I don't want to sing it. <laughs> you almost did. You I, almost did you hear it? Did you hear the oh, like that? I did. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just don't, I can't get dude, that just, into the if, if you if you if if the next words out of your mouth are going to be, I think Cardi B's better, oh, or I like Cardi B more, then just don't say anything and move on to your picks. I'm just gonna get irritated. I'm just gonna get annoyed. <laughs> well, I wasn't gonna say that. You were probably gonna say that. I wasn't you gonna say, say stupid that. shit. I wasn't like gonna say that. Fucking time. That's all you. I wasn't gonna say out of your mouth is stupid stuff. <laughs> you literally say the word stupid stuff. Like whenever you have a stupid thought, you just say stupid stuff, and that's everybody. Everybody <laughs> I knows. Preface everything with stupid stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that would be easier. That's what you should just do from now on is just say the word stupid stuff. That way I can just like, oh, okay, here we go. When you and I were at Port of Sound, they had a, what are you laughing about? He's <laughs> like, Port of Sound. I, I did. I, I said pot of sound. For, I said pot first. I was hoping you didn't catch it. Some, of the, some of the more notable people that were in some of his bands that he toured with were Bruce Spinks, Brings. Ooh, you want to start that over? <laughs> some of the, what, 
start the, start that start that whole that whole thought over. Just start it all over. That was a mess right from the beginning. <laughs> now I'm now I'm just trying to think of how the fuck I fucked it up. Like Bruce Springsteen was that what Dude, it, you were? It was, was like that where we were word. going here? 